What we eat matters. It matters not just for our physical health, but also for our spiritual health. It matters to God. God cares about the body. Therefore, he cares about how we steward the body. So how should we think of health and wellness and nutrition from a Christian and biblical perspective? A Christian nutritionist, Chelsea Blackbird, is here today to break it all down for us. She has been doing this for 20 years, and she has a lot of really interesting insights, not just into physical nutrition, but also into our spiritual health and how these two are tied together. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Chelsea Blackbird, and um, I I love bringing together uh, the topic of health and through a biblical lens. Um, I never thought I would be doing anything like this, um, but uh, about 20 years ago, um, I was facing my own health challenges. Um, I grew up with a genetic skin condition, um, that I went to doctors for, for about 20 years, you know, finally kind of hit a dead end road with them. They couldn't do anything more for me. I took every cream, every pill that they recommended, had major surgery. And then it was kind of like, we can't help you anymore. So, mm. uh, there was wow. that I had chronic digestive issues, um, growing up, but I, I just thought they were normal, but it wasn't until I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. Mm. that I really became desperate for uh, a solution. Right. And my husband was not on board with the direction that the doctors wanted to take me. So I started researching, looking around, found a doctor with a holistic approach. I found a really great book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the holistic doctor changed my diet gave me some supplements, filled in some gaps, and six weeks later, I was pregnant. Wow. Yes. So this is 20-ish years ago in small town Texas. How in the world did you go about finding this person? How did I find him? Well, he was in the the bigger town not far from me. Um, I Honestly, I can't even remember how I found him. It was just through researching. I guess God made the connection. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Absolutely a divine connection. Um, And that really started me on the journey of just being hungry to learn more more about that, um, about nutrition and health. And so I just started reading and reading and reading and uh, finally went back to uh, become certified as a holistic practitioner. And, um, and that is, that's what I've been doing for the last, you know, 10, 12, 11 years. Um, As I was going through this and learning all of these things, I felt this strong pull from God to, uh, to call myself the Christian nutritionist. Every time I would read my Bible, all I could see was health advice, frankly. (laughs) It was like God put a lens over my eyes. And I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. There's so much information out there, conflicting information. And so it just started to make sense to me. You know, God made our body. Who knows better what our body needs than the creator of our Mm, body, mm -hmm. right? And so, so I really just started learning, diving into that. Um, I really resisted God. I resisted that call when he was calling me to that because I'm like, I don't know enough about the Bible, God, mm. and I'm mm-hmm. new to this nutrition stuff. And who am I? And sometimes I like to, you know, eat chips and drink some wine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, maybe I'm not the best person for this job. But when God, God calls you to do something, you just, you do it. You know, yeah. you, um, he wasn't letting up. And so yeah. here I am. So what did your holistic doctor recommend to you that was so revolutionary in mm-hmm. your life? And that quickly, you said six weeks later, you were pregnant. Six weeks. Yes. And it wow. was a combination of reading that book, which really... Taking charge of your fertility. Yes. Retaught me about my body, which honestly, I really hadn't thought of since fourth grade when you learn, you yeah, know, you learn in school. I mean, that's most of us. Yes. Who's talking about it? Who's really teaching you about your body and timing and hormones and all of these things, right? Once you kind of get past that initial education. Um, so it was a matter of that. Also, uh, he put me on a gluten-free diet. Okay. Um, and gave me some essential fatty acid 
supplements. Wow. Basically, just I was really lacking in essential fatty and acids. Did he tell you what his thinking was behind the gluten free diet? No, because that was before gluten free. You know, kind of has been trendier. I know right. it's not a trend for everyone, but over the past few years, it's been more common for people to be gluten free. But yes. twenty years ago, it wasn't really. It wasn't. I'd heard of it. I have a celiac in my family. I have a couple of aunts with celiac disease. So it was familiar to me and I'd kind of toyed with it off and on. Um, He he really didn't. I I knew enough that gluten could be inflammatory. And so that I think that was a big part of it. And at the time, I honestly didn't even understand the significance of the fatty acids and why that was important. Um, But it it, you know, just looking back now, I can see my bo- body was not ready to grow a baby. It did mm-hmm. not have what it needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one thing that uh, enough people people don't pay enough attention to is that mm-hmm. some, when something's off with the body, that is a sign that there's an imbalance or a nutritional need or something that mm-hmm. needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. And I always like to remind people that our bodies are not against us. Our bodies are for us. God made our bodies incredibly smart and resilient and wired for wellness. Mm -hmm. And when we give it what it needs, um, it can do its job better. And so always just to be making those connections and being aware um, of those connections. So what did it look like? What has it looked like being a Christian nutritionist? What are you offering people? Mm -hmm. Um, Really just looking at health and nutrition from the purpose of the body. You know, I think a lot of us, when we're thinking about health, we're thinking of it very much only from the physicality of our appearance and how we look, right? Um, I think as Christians, we really need to take a look at the true purpose of the body. What is the purpose of the body? It is not to hit a certain number on the scale or to you know hit a certain size of genes or even to eat perfectly. Our bodies are meant to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, do you not know that your body is a, a holy temple? You know, given from God, you are not your own. So we are image bearers. We are the hands and feet of Christ in the world. And uh, I believe that every that God has given every person uh, gifts and a special way to bless the world. And we just show up so much more fully to that, you know, to offer that to our family and our friends and our workplace and our communities when we feel well. When we feel well, we serve well. When we feel good in and about our body. And so that is a a huge piece of it is just kind of reframing the way that we look at taking care of our body and that self-stewardship, that stewardship that we are called to, um, to be in these bodies. All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, Carly Jean Los Angeles. Today, it's a rare, rare day that I am actually not wearing CJLA. That's only because I am wearing my own merch. That's how it goes. I am either wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles or I'm wearing my own merch. I love Carly Jean Los Angeles. I love it in every stage of life, every season of the year. It's so flattering. It's so comfortable. I love that Carly and her family love the Lord. They're unapologetic about that, but it just fits my style so well. I'm a very simple gal. I want some high quality clothes that I can wear whenever, wherever, whether I'm pregnant or postpartum or neither of those things. And that's what Carly Jean Los Angeles offers me. I especially love their denim. I have tried lots of other jeans, all kinds of different designers to try to find something even better than CJLA denim have not found it. Honestly and truly, it's the most flattering and most comfortable. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use code RELATABLE25 for $25 off an order of $125 or more, or RELATABLE50 for $50 off an order of $200 or more. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. So how should Christians, that's how Christians kind of view the body. How do we view food then? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many different messages that, especially as women, have been kind of competing in our minds. I feel like um, guys in athletics, they learn pretty early on that food is fuel. For us, or at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, Mm -hmm. but it felt less like I would use food for fuel and more like I was competing against it or like competing against right. my hunger. Right. Um, 
And, you know, only wanting to eat as much as what would satiate you. You go through your preteen, your teenage years. The worst thing that you can think of is not looking good in the mirror, not being comfortable in your skin or not fitting into a certain size. Mm -hmm. And so you learn very early on to kind of compete against your hunger, to compete against food, to see your body as an enemy. And so how do you fight back against all of those messages that especially women have carried with us for so long about what we eat. Right. First and foremost, we have to look again, as I said, the the creator of our body knows the perfect thing that our body needs, right? And so when we look to scripture, we know that he gave us foods from the plant kingdom, Genesis 1.26, and he gave us foods from the animal kingdom, Genesis 9.3. And our body requires Uh, certain things from both of those kingdoms to be healthy. Mm. And again, you know, viewing the body as being healthy enough to do the work that we're called to do in the world, to glorify the Lord, to do our kingdom work, whether that is being a mother or being a professional or um, just being kind to the people in our community. You know, so much of how we show up to do that um, is determined by the foods that we eat, the functioning of our body, the way we feel, our moods, everything that we put in our body determines so much about that. And so as far as all the conflicting messages, yeah, there's so much, right? It's like, should you be keto or carnivore or vegetarian or fat's bad? Are they good? I mean, so much has changed just in, you know, my lifetime that it, it's overwhelming. And I think it's very hard for um, for all of us to really know what is the best thing to do here. Yeah. But just taking it back to those those foundational elements, we need plant foods, we need animal foods. Each of those kingdoms offers something very important for the body to run well. Mm -hmm. From the animal kingdom, we get our uh, proteins, our amino acids, essential amino acids that our body must use to repair and rebuild our body. And from the the plant kingdom, we get carbohydrates, we get phytonutrients, we get fiber, we get some vitamins and minerals from both of the kingdoms. We get fats from both of the kingdoms. And so when we start looking at the uh, as food, kind of as fuel, you know, we it is a good thing to to come around and know that yes, our body needs to be fueled. Our body is constantly rebuilding and repairing itself. I think a lot of people don't think about that. That our body is constantly making new gut cells, new skin cells, new liver cells, new, new bones. Where do you? get the material to do that. Mm. Where's your body get the material to do that? From the food that you eat. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, you know, eating ding-dongs and soda, well, you're not giving your body a lot of good material to use to to build your body, to run your body, to fuel your body. And so when we think of it that way, just really understanding that we need this these good materials for our body to be well, to be sound, to be fit physically, spiritually, and mentally. And again, I think as women, when we do change that viewpoint from, uh, you know, thinking of food and weight and thinking all of these things that are against us and thinking, this is for us. This is for me. This is so I can live into everything that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shift of, of mind. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is uh I don't, I don't know if it's a trend or if it's just popular, whatever it is, but to say that we should only be eating this or only be eating that, or we should cut all of this or cut all of that. And I'm thinking of carnivore, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of veganism. And honestly, I know people in both of those camps who swear by how they eat, who swear that all we need is leafy greens and vegetables, juice, things like that, mm-hmm. and maybe even raw vegetables. And then I know people who do carnivore who swear by that. And they say, it's so much protein. I'm so full. I'm never craving anything. I'm never hungry. I've built so much muscle. And so, and then I I know people who have done veganism to help fight cancer and things like that. And so it's hard to argue with people's personal testimony because if that works for them, then that's great. But I've also heard other nutritionists like you say, well, we really aren't getting everything that we need if we are only eating from one food group. But it's hard for someone like me who doesn't have all the expertise to to really know mm-hmm. what's true. Because these people who have these incredible stories, but also who seem to know a lot more than I do or saying with such authority, 
no, if you eat meat, then you're probably going to get cancer. Or if you eat leafy greens, those leafy greens are telling you not to eat them because they're bitter. I'm like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. I'll just go to in and out again. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think there's a place, there's a time and a place for therapeutic diets. Um, and somebody mm. could use a vegan diet or a carnivore diet or a keto diet therapeutically. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in that it's for like one purpose, one ailment yes. or to, for a specific purpose of trying to heal something. Right. Okay. Right. And temporary, maybe three to four months, maybe longer. It can depend. But ultimately in the big picture, I, I think the ideal diet, again, when we go back and look at scripture, Genesis 126, God gave us plants. Genesis 9-3, God gave us meat. Mm. You know, and, and, and really that is the ideal diet, a combination of um, you know, clean versions of plant food and animal food mm -hmm. is really what we are, are best meant to eat. You know, and I encounter a lot of people that believe that because we originated in the garden, you know, that we should be vegetarian. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, that's that comes up a lot. And I like to remind people that we did get kicked out of the garden. And yeah. So, and that yeah. God gave us uh, the permission to eat meat in Genesis 9-3. And not only that, but he gave us direction about what is the best meat to eat. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the, the food laws he gave the Israelites in Leviticus, um, I think it surprises people to know that what he recommended were the ruminant animals, cattle, bison, uh, deer, sheep, goat, mm -hmm. all red meat. Right. Right. And that is very opposite of the narrative that we hear today, uh, that meat will cause cancer and such. And yeah. so, again, that is one of those things coming back to our, our godly compass, for me anyway, that is when I come back to my godly compass and think, okay, God recommended this kind of meat. This cannot be bad for me. And when it comes to kinds of meat, um, how should we look at how things are being processed? I mean, that's not something that I know very much about at all. I mean, I get my meat from good ranchers, as people on this podcast know, but most people are going into the grocery store and they're just kind of doing their best. They might look at the composition of, you know, lean meat versus fatty meat, but that's about all they know. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how to necessarily control how it's being processed or anything. So how do we look at, if we're going to eat food from all these different camps, how do we look at their characteristics? How do we make the best choice for the best things within those groups? Sure. Well, when it comes to meat specifically, obviously it's just like it's best for us to eat our God-given diet, it is best for the animal to eat their God-given diet. Right. So the the more that we can source our protein from animals that were fed well, raised well, that is ideal. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband is a is a grass fed cattle rancher. So, yes. you know, I see this up close and personal. Um, that said, sometimes that can be hard to find. Sometimes that can be out of people's budget. Right. You know, um, and and even labeling can be um kind of confusing, yeah. right? Because something can say, this is grass-fed, but all cattle are grass-fed for part of their life, yeah. but not 100% of their life. So it has to be grass-finished. It has to be grass-finished, right. Okay. Yes. So that means grass-finished means that they're only eating the grass, right? Because right. if they're grass-fed, but not grass-finished, it could also it could mean that they're fattening up towards the end of their life with extra stuff that we wouldn't want. Correct. They're finished on diet. grain. Um, okay. Typically, and unfortunately, it's usually not high quality. It's genetically modified corn and soy. Mm. And so again, that's not, that can lead to illness for the animals, which would require what? Require some shots, things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, however, I don't, I don't like to scare people, put fear of people, you know, put fear in people yeah. about what to eat. But I do have some tips about what you should do. You go to the grocery store and you're looking at your meat. The thing is, when you are choosing your, uh, your red meat, say your beef or your bison, um, and those come from ruminant animals, I think this is so fascinating. And what's ruminant? Ruminant animals are animals that have a four-part digestive system. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is different from a monogastric animal like, like a, a chicken chick or yeah. a pig yeah. or a person. We I are a monogastric animal, one stomach. Okay. Okay. Ruminants have four stomachs. Yes. It takes them closer to 24 hours to digest. Mm. They are 
typically they're, they're herbivores, right? And so they are utilizing plant nutrition, turning it into amino acids and all of these wonderful nutrients that they pass on to us when we eat them. Mm. And so it's something about this wonderful ruminant digestive process that they can do that. But also that longer digestive process allows them more time and more capability to process out some of the toxic effects Mm -hmm. of um, what they might be encountering. And so I tell people, Mm. if you are on a a budget or you have a lack of access to things, really going for your your beef Mm -hmm. um, is going to be more forgiving or a ruminant animal food, beef, Mm. bison, sheep, goat, elk, is going to be more forgiving in that kind of toxic arena. Whereas something like chicken or pork, they hold on to more toxins. Yeah. If you will. And another thing to consider is that animals just like humans hold toxins in our fat cells. Mm. That's where we store them and it's beautiful God's beautiful design to keep toxins away from our vital organs. Mm. And so if you are unable to access or afford, you know, grass-fed beef or pastured chicken, um something like that or pastured pork, going for the leaner cuts is uh, is a good idea. Okay, so um, leaner cuts of beef. Leaner okay. cuts of meat if you, yes. Okay, in, so if, that's less fat, which means less toxins that you would be getting. Right. The lower the quality, okay. then I would stick more for the lower fat. But yeah. otherwise, if you are able to access, you know, grass-fed beef, um, pastured pork or chicken, then I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. Because, you know, animal fats offer fat-soluble vitamins, there are health benefits to eating the animal in its entirety mm-hmm. um, if, if it's good quality. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. And then, because we do hear so often that, well, I eat meat, but only chicken. I don't right. want to eat any red meat. We are kind of made to believe that chicken is actually the healthiest form of yes. meat for us. Mm-hmm. But you're saying because of that, the one chain The monogastric stomach, yes. Yes, we could get more toxins from chicken than we would from beef, possibly. Yes. And I don't want to scare people from chicken. Like, yeah. Eat chicken, eat fish, eat, you know, red meat, eat all of it. Eat, yeah. Just please eat protein. <laughs> yeah. Please eat protein from yeah. animal sources. That's, yeah. you know, uh, I really try to uh, get people, so many women, especially under eat protein it is a yes, huge Yes, I problem. definitely do. And I want to talk to you about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but again, when we're trying to make the best choices we can, what we have access to, what is in our budget. Food is so expensive right now and it's tough. And so if, you know, when we're in the grocery store making those decisions, yes, um, that red meat is going to be more forgiving as far as tox- toxicity mm-hmm. and um, going for the, you know, lower fat cuts. It's not time to, you know, eat all the ribeyes if you are, you know, you can't get a very high quality meat. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about protein then. Okay. Because that is obviously one benefit to a carnivore diet. They say you're going to get protein. And that is one complaint that people have if they're going all vegan or something, that Mm -hmm. it's just tough to get, especially natural forms of protein. Of course, you can get protein powders and things like that, but then you run into all different kinds of ingredients. So you've already advocated for basically a diet that takes the best of every kind of group. Yes. But how how much should we be eating of what? Right. Because it's also been popular to say just do almost all leafy greens and then kind of add in the protein when you can, but it doesn't sound like that's what you would recommend. I would, I recommend a pretty high protein diet. Um, I would say between 70 to 90 grams. Okay. Um, most days, if you can swing it, that's high. Um, but a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some would even recommend higher than that and recommend one gram of protein per pound of ideal lean body mass. So lean body mass is everything in your body besides fat. (laughs) It includes your your muscle, the water, everything. And so it's not your weight. Yeah. But um, like my ideal lean body mass uh, at my height at 5'6 is, if I'm remembering correctly, is 108 yeah, how do you know that? Do There's you just a chart. Look it up? Oh, you okay. can just you can just search it. Okay, so it's not individual. It's really just for like your height. Yes. You can figure it out. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so for somebody that is really targeting uh maybe weight loss or trying to tone up, build muscle, I recommend going high, that closer to that. Okay. But for just kind of your everyday person and maybe somebody that's not used to eating very much protein, 70 to 90 grams is okay. kind of a nice range. 
to go towards. And animal protein, because what we're after in protein are amino acids, Mm -hmm. essential amino acids. Those are the building blocks of the body. That is what makes your body, that is what your body uses to repair, build your cells. And we get those amino acids, the essential amino acids, so much more bioavailably from from animal protein than we do from plants. Mm. So animal foods, animal proteins are considered a complete protein because they have all of those eight essential amino acids that we need in the right ratios, in the right amounts to mm. each other. Okay. Whereas a plant protein has some of these amino acids, doesn't have quite the amount of them, um, and not in the right ratio. So for example, to get the same amount of protein um, from, say, like quinoa and, uh, you know, a three-ounce piece of steak, you'd have to have like three cups of quinoa mm-hmm. or like a little three or four-ounce piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Well, then what's happening? Well, I don't know about you. If I eat three cups of quinoa, I'm going to be bl- bloated. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be hungry in like 30 minutes. It's, right. You're going to be bloated. It's not that filling. Um, and there's there's a high energy or caloric load that comes with that. When you can get those amino acids that you need so much more efficiently from a small piece of meat. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the animal kingdom shines, right, is, is the essential amino acids, where your plant kingdom is going to give you that fiber and some of those phytonutrients that you need. And so that's really what I like to remind people is that both kingdoms have their strengths, right? But the amino acids, boy, the animal kingdom, hands down, is the winner there. Okay. So 70 to 90 grams of protein, mm-hmm. you would say. And then what about Fat and carbs. Mm-hmm. What are you aiming for? Okay, so with fat and carbs, um, carbs, I like to keep those under about a hundred grams. Mm-hmm. And little that can be ish. I'm kind of ish. You know, yeah. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. Depends on how much you move. Um, it depends on the quality of those carbohydrates. But um, I would say the more real food. I would say real food the way God made it. The more real food carbohydrates that you're eating from plants, you know, your leafy greens and your your produce, basically, okay. um, you're, you can eat more. You can get away with more. Mm-hmm. Um, but about 100 grams or less is a, is a good target. Okay. So for our carbs, you recommend getting those mostly from vegetables rather than, say, bread? Ideally, yes. Although I'm, I'm not against bread. Yeah. I have to tell you that, you know, I was gluten-free for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And in the last year, I started milling my own wheat and baking bread. Wow. That's yes, awesome. Huge change. Yes. And so, um, so I eat bread every day, practically. Yeah. So I'm not... But it's bread that you are yes, making. Yes, high quality. Okay. High quality. Um, and also that can fit in your carb range. You know, yeah. that's the thing is that, yes, you want to get a lot of vegetables. You want to get um, some fruit. Whole grains are not you know, not a bad thing either. You know, mm-hmm. quinoa is not a, a bad food. Beans are, you know have some absolutely have some protein and have some things in them fiber and such again fiber some of those phytonutrients from the plant foods but the amino acids leave that to the to the animal kingdom yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay and then um fat there are also some differing theories on how much fat we should have there Mm -hmm. definitely was a craze at one point in the 90s and early 2000s where like every snack would say like zero grams of fat or no trans fat or right whatever um so what is your thought on how much fat we should be eating right everything was low fat and now it's everything's like full fat yeah yeah yeah, eat everything like fat yeah so really um i kind of fill in the blanks with the fat after that so if we're eating 70 to 90 grams of protein we are keeping our carbohydrates at about a less than a hundred grams, then the rest will be made up from fat. And that can vary. That could be 70 to 100 grams of fat, 60 to 100 grams of fat, somewhere in there, once you kind of balance all those macronutrient ratios. The thing to remember is that carbohydrates and fats are both forms of energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what our body uses as fuel. And so those are things that we we want to consider in relationship together. You know, mm-hmm. when one is up, the other needs to be kind of down. And mm-hmm. so I always say proteins are steady, Eddie. We stay steady with the protein. That's going to not going to change that much. But where we do some manipulation is with our carbohydrates and fats. And so with the higher fat diet, it's, you're going to have less carbohydrates. That might be look more like 
50 grams or 25 mm-hmm. grams. Or if you're having more carbs, we're going to bring those fats down mm-hmm. a little bit more. So it's kind of a balance between them. Just balance. And what would you say some of the best sources of healthy fat are? Mm. From the plant kingdom, I would say extra virgin olive oil, um, coconut oil. Those are probably the best from the animal kingdom. Your butter, um, high quality tallow, mm-hmm. um, just those. Again, if you are if you are able to source those good uh, grass fed meats or pastured meats, that fat has some good fat soluble vitamins in there. So you know, if you think of our early ancestors, um, especially here in America, uh, that's that is the fat that they would have eaten. It would yeah. have come from these animal foods, right? Because in the early 1900s, they're not importing a lot of olive oil and, and yeah. coconut oil, right? So they would have really relied on butter and tallow and yeah. lard and those things. Yeah. And so uh, that is, you know, and today it's we're like, don't eat, don't eat fat, don't eat butter, don't eat, mm-hmm. you know, beef and all those things. But we got to think historically. I think our common sense just flies out the window when mm-hmm. it comes to this stuff. All right, next sponsor for the day is Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes has been the number one trusted software for over 23 years for Christians seeking to live a porn-free life. Victory by Covenant Eyes is a powerful tool that helps Christians who are serious and want to quit porn for good or never start. Victory combines industry-leading technology and decades with decades of experience and leadership and recovery content, accountability, and behavioral change. There's accountability features built in and the optional blocking technology. It's an unparalleled tool in the fight to live a porn-free life. Once installed, Victory runs silently in the background of your devices and uses cutting-edge AI technology to watch the screen for behavior that doesn't match your goals. You can invite a friend or a trusted ally, someone that can walk beside you through the ups and downs of recovery that will be sent a report and can see what you're looking at. Uh, People who have fought porn will tell you that uh, that accountability is really helpful in making sure that all the content they're consuming is content that is truly honoring the Lord. So check out CovenantEyes.com slash Allie. Uh, CovenantEyes.com slash Allie. What is a typical day of eating like for you? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. So uh, I eat a lot of eggs. Mm-hmm. Love eggs. So. so the eggs, I did have a question about the eggs mm-hmm. because we talked about chickens mm-hmm. and how sometimes, just depending, they can have more toxins or they have mm-hmm. the propensity to have more toxins because of that single chamber of the stomach. But does that count for the eggs? Like that might seem like a silly question, no, it's not but a silly I don't question know if at all. it's the same concern right. that we have with the meat of the chicken. Right. Uh, we do want to be concerned um, and aware of quality of the eggs. So again, mm-hmm. the higher quality of the chicken, the higher quality the egg, you know, depends on what the chicken was fed, how high quality the egg is. Um, again, you know, chickens are supposed to be out pecking around, eating grass and grubs and different things like that. Yeah. And when they do, they're very healthy. They have healthy meat and they produce healthy eggs. The more that is, ch- most chickens are kept in a, a cage and they're, you know, they yeah. don't never see the light of day yeah. and they're going to produce these eggs. They're still going to have some nutritional value. They're just not going to be as healthy as ones that are, yeah. you know, pastured, right? So, um, and the chickens are stressed out in those little yes, chambers, yes. right? And yeah. I've heard that that can affect also what gets into the egg, just like the different hormones and things that are happening when you're under stress, they're different than the hormones that are present or elevated when you're where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, and those chickens are fed genetically modified corn and soy, you know, and there are people that are so sensitive um, that they could eat an egg that was not pastured and in it could set off a reaction because of what the chicken ate and the produce the egg, mm. um, which is, you know, becoming alarmingly uh, more and more common, yeah. you know, sadly, with food sensitivities and such. But so there's something to be said there. But again, you know, not to scare people. I don't want to scare people off from eating eggs or 
chicken or meat or anything. Yeah. Just, you just do the best you can. Yeah. You know, you do the best you can. But the higher quality you can get, it's absolutely, you're going to get more nutrition. Right. It's going to be higher quality. If you if you crack an egg, so we have chickens, and when you um, when you see an egg that was past, from a pasture chicken, I mean, the yolk is just this beautiful, vibrant, orangey yellow, yeah. right? And then when you see the yolk of an egg from a chicken that was, you know, didn't have as good of living conditions, it's very pale. It's light yellow. Light yellow. Yeah. It's just not as rich in those and those vitamins and the, those nutrients. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to get so much more from those animals when they're fed well and raised well. Yeah. So you eat a lot of eggs. A ton of eggs. Mm-hmm. Yes, a ton of eggs. So uh, breakfast might be something like scrambled eggs. Maybe I might scramble up some spinach in there, some cheese, make like an omelet, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a piece of toast with that. Um, lunch is usually leftovers from dinner or I might make some tuna fish with apple, mm, uh, tuna fish. something like that. Um Dinner is usually a meat and uh, a vegetable and some kind of carbohydrate, like meat and potatoes and salad. Yeah. Like husbands love me. I'm like, yeah, eat your meat and potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Tell their wives, yes, make meat and potatoes. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, That's a very typical Mm -hmm. kind of meal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's typically what you're eating. Are you a snacker at all? I try not to snack. Okay. Um, and what is your thought on snack? That's another theory that I've heard over the years that we should just be eating little things throughout the day mm. rather than the big meals. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. You're right. I've heard, you know, that is definitely one of those things. Um, and I'm not, the thing is, there's no one perfect way that works for every single yeah. person, right? It really depends. I think ideally our bodies should be able to have a meal and then go three to four hours and then have another meal. Mm-hmm. What's happening in that time that you're not eating, there's a lot of um, digestion going on. Our body needs to complete that digestive process. It takes two to three hours. Mm-hmm. When we're constantly eating all day, we're keeping our digestive system engaged. And over time, that can be hard on the digestive system. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in between meals, um, you know, your body is being able to better switch between fuels for burning, between being a sugar burner or a fat burner. If you're constantly eating, you're really not giving your body enough time to burn stored energy, mm-hmm. the sugar and the fat on your body if you're always eating energy. Mm-hmm. So we want our bodies to be able to have opportunity to burn some of that stored energy. But if we're yeah. eating all day, um, that's not going to be happening. So eating, you know, three meals, sometimes two meals for people, two meals and a snack. In that case, that you know, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm not that hungry for lunch. So I might have something, uh, a smaller meal, maybe cottage cheese or something like that or okay mm-hmm. okay so you're down with cheese oh yes that's girl. another thing though <laughs> that some people are like no i know that you're okay with dairy because of animal products but some people are anti-cheese so that's yeah. good to know i like cheese i love cheese too i especially love goat cheese mm. it's my favorite yes um okay what is your thought on intermittent mittent fasting mm-hmm. love it you do Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Because again, this is highly contested stuff. Okay. Tell me. It's, you know, it's, this is another topic because intermittent fasting has, you know, kind of had its glory and now it's being attacked. Right. So I feel like everything has its moments, you know, like, so true. Yeah. Right. You know, like eat all the carbs, you know, with the food pyramid. No, don't eat the carbs. Eat all the fat. No, Mm -hmm. we're always, you know, building it up and then tearing it down. Same with intermittent fasting. Um, I, I think. What a a good common sense thing to remember is that historically, people ate dinner and then they stopped and then they didn't eat till breakfast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was probably about 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't until the onset of all the processed food and food globalization and all this access to food all the time, right? It's, you know, midnight snack, midnight snack, I'm drifting into the kitchen, making popcorn or eating ice cream or whatever it is. That is not the natural, you know, what has been going on for forever and ever. This is all of this eating all the time is really a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And our body needs that digestive rest. Um, and so I love, yeah, stopping at about, you know, a, a decent time, not long after sunset, ideally. And you give your body that time that needs two to three hours to digest. And then you go to sleep and then your body goes into detoxification mode. When you eat too late, you extend that 
digestion mm-hmm. time and your body can't go into detox mode. Mm. What and is so, detox mode? Well, at night is when we do all of our repair processes. We're synthesizing memories. We are, our body's rebuilding muscle. It's repairing tissue. Um, our hormones are resetting. Our hormones are telling uh, our brain about how much energy we have to store, to burn. All kinds of things are happening at night, right? And so those are the, the things that are supposed to happen when we are without food And then there are certain things that are supposed to happen during the day when we eat food. So it's really our circadian rhythm. And eating is supposed to happen during the day, digestion, absorption, you know, utilizing and getting all this energy. At night, we're meant to burn energy, burn fat, burn calories, repair, uh, detoxify, and do all of those things. Eating too late puts those processes off, delays those processes. So Mm -hmm. we really shortchange ourselves from our detoxification processes when we eat too late. Okay. So, gotcha. And so that is a, one of the the biggest advantages to intermittent fasting. And it doesn't have to be a super long time, 12 to 16 hours. I yeah. average about a 14-hour fast most days. Sometimes it's closer to 12. Sometimes I'll go higher and it's 16. I think, okay. you know, you definitely have to uh, discern what's best for where you are in your your stage and season of yeah. life. You know, there's a lot of hormonal yeah. components and such to it. but And you don't want to get into almost like starvation mode. where Because, you know, I've unintentionally fasted mm-hmm. to where like I'll say I'm running out the door and I just didn't eat breakfast and then I'm on the go and I can't eat until one. Well, then all I crave is carbs, right. sugar, that like quick energy yes, because I'm exactly. so hungry. Yes, and so I guess there's some kind of balance and it also depends on the time of day that you're doing it. Obviously, if you're asleep, then I guess you and you can wake up and eat. That's different than trying to go all day and constantly thinking about food and then just crashing, you know, at 3 p.m. or right. whatever. Right. Ideally, we want to eat our food um, when the sun is out. Mm, um, makes sense. Yes. I always say I like to eat with the sun in the sun, eat when the sun is out, eat with a, a very receiving, grateful attitude. Um, you know, give thanks to God for our meal that puts us in a state of receiving and really helps our body mm. prepare mm. to release the digestive enzymes and the hormones and everything we need to really receive and utilize that food well. Yeah. And then um, and then cut it off not long after sunset. If we look biblically, their largest meal of the day was dinner and they ate it right around sunset, but before it was completely dark outside. Um, and so really trying to wrap up dinner about, you know, dark yeah, and then going into that nice time in, in the evening and, and night when we're repairing, sleeping, repairing, uh, rebuilding and, yeah. and resetting. Next sponsor for the day is Good Ranchers. We're talking about the importance of eating healthy and making sure that what you're putting in your body is really high quality, and Good Ranchers offers that for you. It's what I rely on uh, for meat. It's what we have eaten for several years now. We're so thankful for it. We always have a freezer full of better-than-organic chicken, pre-marinated and non-pre-marinated, craft uh, beef. We love the ground beef. It's probably what we eat the most. Bacon. It's all really good stuff. And of course, the owners of Good Ranchers love America and they love the Lord. They have felt called since they started the company to support American farms and ranches by getting all their meat from these sources. Right now, when you order with my code, you can get uh, an added 2.25 pounds of free chicken breast added to every order. Go to GoodRanchers.com code Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com code Allie. So you mentioned kind of stopping and thanking God for the food and that that's not a good practice only spiritually, but also that that prepares our body. And so that just makes me think of how often we're on the go with fast food and we're just grabbing it. And when it's like, when you know it's bad processed food, you almost feel bad thanking God for it. You're like, (laughs) "Um, please help this. Go to the nourishment of my body, right. even though it's French chicken fries. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I could see how that kind of makes a difference in how we treat our food and mm-hmm. how, I guess, our body receives those nutrients. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Digestion begins in the brain and it, you have to be in a parasympathetic state, which just means in a relaxed state. 
And when we're moving and we're working and we're, we're thinking about stressful things, um, we are in a sympathetic state. And so our body's not really in in the state of receiving where it's going to release these. It's in fight or flight. It's in fight or flight. Yeah. Right. And I know, and I was thinking, you know, about you when I, my kids were babies. I mean, I, I was just standing at the counter with a baby, like throwing food at people. Like, you yeah, know, just, you're just doing the best you can. I right? feel like I never sit down I and eat. I really, I mean, yeah, I know it's and there, bad. It, there's a season, right? But, but being more aware of that sitting down when you can, because it is very hard for your body to digest. And this leads to a lot of digestive issues yeah. for people. Yeah. Um, and digestion is, if we can't digest our food well, well then I'll, you could be eating the perfect diet. But if the nutrients can't get to where they need to go yeah. because you're not digesting well, well, that's not helping, helping your body out. So yes, yeah. sitting down is huge. What happens to your body when you're eating only in fight or flight mode? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to think through this logically, it seems like if you were really in fight or flight, like your body would be like, okay, I got to hold on to this because I don't know, I'm in some, I'm running from a bear or something. Mm -hmm. So I could see how it'd be difficult to lose weight. Again, even if you're eating the right things, but you're always in fight or flight while you're eating, running. And, And what I mean by fight or flight is like, you're stressed. Yes. You're stressed out, which I know a lot of moms of toddlers are stressed out. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're sad or angry. It's just you got a lot of different things vying for oh, your absolutely. attention. So I could see how it'd be def- difficult to lose weight in those situations because your body might be thinking, I need to hold on to everything that I can because I don't know when I'm going to get another meal or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. Hold on to the energy. A- absolutely. Um you know, and so I do recommend as much as you can. I mean, being a, a mom of, of littles is is a challenging time, but I just don't think people even realize that we really we need to be seated. Number one, this was so funny when I was explaining this to my family. My dad was like, "Well, I just thought if you're standing up, it just has it's a bit straighter shot." You know, yeah, <laughs> so we just, just go right nope, up. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, uh, you know, we need to be seated. We have to be in that that restful posture as much as we possibly can. We want to chew our food really well. And it sounds like old grandma advice, but this is where we start releasing enzymes that help us break down carbohydrates. Mm. You know, people are like, like just cranking through, trying to hurry and eat. We don't release all those things. Our body has to release the enzymes, the stomach acid to break down our food. And that way and move through the rest of the body so we can absorb the nutrients. Mm -hmm. And so, and yes, so if your body can't do that process well and it's feeling like it's not getting the nutrition it needs, yeah, your body will hold on to nutrition, hold on to weight uh, for a rainy day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. doing every, every possible thing wrong. I eat <laughs> fat. I eat really fast. I've always been like a fast eater. My husband and I both, um, both do. And I am almost always eating on the go. My breakfast does not contain protein. I'm just telling on myself here. It is typically, now it is like, it's sourdough bread, real sourdough bread, not from the store that's actually made from scratch. So that's a little better. Absolutely. And butter and a little bit of salt. Maybe not the worst thing in the world, but also not the best thing in the world to last me until like, I usually can't eat lunch until 1.30. Right. Lunch is honestly probably my hardest meal because I feel hungriest at lunch and I'm also still in some kind of hurry. And so I also don't get a ton of protein. Typically, And I'm just saying this because I bet there's a lot of people that can relate to this out there. I typically don't eat a lot of protein until dinner. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, it might be a steak or chicken or something with like sweet potatoes, green beans. It's typically kind of the meal that you described too: a green, some kind of carb and a meat. So I know I'm not getting anywhere close to 70 to 90 grams. And every day I want it to be different. And every day it's not different. And even dinner... I'm standing up and then sometimes if it's like, oh my gosh, we didn't even prepare for dinner. I forgot to take the meat out to thaw. Then it is some kind of like takeout or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I also, I know some people say that they lose weight when they're breastfeeding. I do not lose weight when I'm breastfeeding. I typically don't start losing weight until like six months to a year after birth because I start breastfeeding less. I don't know. When I'm breastfeeding, my body is like, I'm going to hold on to everything I possibly can. And I have tried to cut things out or to eat less while breastfeeding and it affects my milk supply. And so, yeah. Anyway, that's like the state of my nutrition, which is not great. 
at all right now. A lot of it is just to be honest, like a lack of discipline Mm -hmm. and some laziness on my part, just plain and simple. And some of it is just like not knowing what to do and just do every meal feels like I'm just doing what works. Right. You know, so it it definitely takes some planning, Um, you know, but I would say, yes, protein at that first meal of the day is huge. It kind of sets the tone for the whole day. Right. You'd be less hungry at lunch if you did that right. And protein's really important uh, first meal of the day as we have been doing all our detoxification process and repairing all night. Our body's using all those amino acids, right, that we get from protein to do that. So when we wake up in the morning, we're in kind of a catabolic, kind of broken down state, and our body needs a replenishment of those amino acids. And so it's a really important time mm-hmm. to restock the body with the amino acids for the day. I would say, you know, the morning meal and then the evening meal are the two most critical times for the protein. Mm. Um, and then also, again, you know, like you, you're not going to feel as hungry and yeah by if you haven't eaten very much and by the time one o'clock's rolling around your body's like just give me anything yeah <laughs> just put anything in here so I can keep going right your body's mm-hmm. really seeking energy and we don't always make the best choices but yeah I make a um one thing that kind of saves me I make I call it a high protein egg casserole and it is a dozen eggs a carton of cottage cheese blended together over a pack of sausage you know cook sausage put it in like a pyrex pan mm-hmm. uh, put some grated cheese on top and then pour that that egg mixture with the cottage mm-hmm. cheese. Lots of protein. You eat a couple squares of that. It's thirty grams of protein, which is a really nice, a really nice target. Yeah, yeah um, that is good because if you can do that for every meal, then you're good to it's go. It's easy. We eat on that all week. Yeah, you know. So if you make that, and you can have bread with it too, and yeah, then, then you'll that be. is super easy. You don't have to follow a recipe. Right. Even. It's yeah. four four ingredients. Uh, we mm-hmm. make. I make that every week. Okay. And if you had that with a piece of bread, oh, you would be. You'd be solid. Yeah. You'd be Way good. better than right now when I'm like always starving by lunch. And then you just, just like everything else, honestly, there's probably a spiritual lesson there. But when you allow yourself to get super hungry and super desperate, you just mm. don't make the best choices because you're really acting emotionally. Right. Rather than, it's like your discernment can't even really function because all you can think of is the immediate yes. hunger, feelings of That's starvation exactly. and panic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So if someone is coming to you for your services, like Mm -hmm. what does that, what does that look like? Does it, is it individual? Do you have different packages for different stages of life or what is that like? Well, I've recently moved away from one-on-one consultations. I, I feel like the direction God has put me in is to really, uh, teach as many people as I can. And so I have a, a group. It's called the Christian Health Club. That's also the name of my podcast where I talk a lot about this information. Um, And within that health club membership, I have all kinds of programs that address all of these things. Um, We address carbohydrate load and fasting and protein um, meals and timing and um, all kinds of different things. Because one thing I want people to also realize is that it takes time to implement these things. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, it's a a habit-changing Um, ongoing process of making choices for our body. It's not about a short-term diet, 30 days, three months. We got to wake up every day and make choices about the food that we make um, and, you know, when we're going to go to sleep and the movement that we're going to get. And so uh, I've just decided to move to really group programs to teach people kind of more the comprehensive load of that and really take time to implement it with them, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the way that I work with people now. All right, last sponsor for the day is Jace Medical. You might have experienced some of the drug shortages that have been happening that have really thrown people for a loop. It's really unfortunate, but with supply chain issues, some people just aren't able to get the prescriptions that they rely on in a timely manner. You don't want to run into trouble like that, especially if you're talking about antibiotics or maybe a prescription that you take that your life literally depends on. So you need to go to jacemedical.com. They'll take you through their telemedicine process 
process. They'll get you a year-long stash of the medications that you and your family rely on on a daily basis, as well as uh, antibiotics for the most common infections. And maybe you'll never need to break into this uh, emergency stash, but again, it's just better to be safe than sorry when it comes to this. So go to jacemedical.com, use code Allie at checkout for a discount. That's jacemedical.com, code Allie. Do you give advice to moms about how to get their children? Because you're a mom of three and they're older now. Yes. So, but when they were younger, Mm -hmm. how were you implementing these principles for them? Right. Just giving, cooking, making, giving this food. They Do they always want it? No. You know, Um, but what you have in the house, you know, as a mom, we have so much influence over what our children eat. And I always say also the most important thing to do, first of all, is to steward your body well, to be that example, mm-hmm. right? Because they're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, they're watching what you do. And they do soak up so much more by observing you, just the way they observe your marriage or the way that you work, anything. Also, the way that you take care of yourself or don't. So first and foremost, that. And when you are preparing and have that food making for yourself, you're also making it for your family. And it's just, it is, this is what we're having. This is is it. This this is is, what we got. If you're hungry, this is it. This is what we're eating. And, you know, also upgrading the best that you can. I won't say that I don't eat perfectly. My family doesn't eat perfectly, but we do the best we can. And I always try to upgrade our food. So do my kids eat chips? Yeah, they eat chips, but I'm going to find the best upgraded version of chips that I can find. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to use um, try to find something that doesn't use seed oils. We're going to try to use, find something that, you know, maybe is non-GMO. If I'm going to mm-hmm. eat tortilla chips, they're going to be non-genetically modified. You mm-hmm. know, just making the best decisions that you can. Now, when they do get older and they get in school, I will say I have teenagers and they don't want to listen to my advice. Yeah. <laughs> and when you start. Oh, with- really? My parents who are listening to this are thinking, wow, Allie always listens to our advice. Right. Yeah. Like every parent's like, yeah, of course <laughs> they don't. Well, and, the, and when you have less control, that's the thing is when they're little, you have so much more control over what they're doing, you know, and then as they get older and make those decisions, um, they're not always great decisions. But with my kids, I'm just praying and, and you know, taking stock in the fact that they have good roots. I've planted the seeds. They know, and I feel like they'll come back around. You know, they'll mm-hmm. come back around to it, and, and they know that our food affects our body. Um, and so when they want to feel better, they know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of them having to make that choice for themselves. And again, there's such a parallel there, too, with the Christian life. And I've heard that from so many parents. Mm-hmm. They plant those yes. seeds of... The gospel, when they're young, they do everything they can to disciple their kid, then maybe they're discouraged because in the teen years or early 20s or in college, it seems like their kids aren't following the path that they laid out for them. But gosh, so often those seeds bloom later in life Mm -hmm. and the kids look back and they say, gosh, I remember what I learned in church. I remember that Bible passage. I know that hymn. And so, gosh, there are so many different ways that we can sow those seeds for our kids, spiritual and also and also physical. You're right. They look back and they're like, wait, I remember those lessons. Right. I know. Yes, I know what to do. And so, yeah, I, I, th- I really do think they come back around. And when they start caring, you know, kids are so much more resilient. But with that aging process, um, you know, things don't work as well as they used to. And so like, oh, yeah, maybe I should uh, eat more protein. Maybe I should, you know, I'd like my skin to look a little clearer. Yeah. Mom told me that this, you know, yeah. that. So, yeah, they will come back around. What is your, I would just say, like, final message or like, how would you encapsulate what you wish people knew? I know this is a big question. There's probably a million ways that you could answer it. Mm-hmm. But what do you wish people knew about being healthy food, our bodies, if you just had like, okay, you got 30 seconds to tell the world mm-hmm. how to think about food and eating and weight loss, dieting, all those things, what would you say? I say the creator of your body knows the perfect foods for your body, made the perfect provision for your body. Use the Lord, use God's word as your compass, eat plant foods, eat animal foods, Uh, Know that your body is designed with an amazing resilience. It is always for you. Um, It is on your side. And when you give it what it needs, it knows exactly what to do. Um, And just just 
honoring that self-stewardship and knowing that we use our body to glorify the kingdom, um, to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. As I, as we started this, kind of coming back around, that our bodies take us through this gift of life. And stewarding well means that we show up to all that God has called us to do. And so always keeping that first and foremost, first and foremost, way over the scale, way over the, you know, am I going to fit in my reunion dress or <laughs> whatever it is. That is a very crown for the day experience. It's very fleeting. But when we're taking care of our body as a vessel of the Holy Spirit, it's just a complete different focus. Mm-hmm. And I think we do um, we do take it more seriously. Um, and and um, just, yeah, you yeah, know. definitely. Have a different viewpoint about it. Exactly. And the Christian viewpoint is different because we actually care about the body more than anyone because it is the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And that is the why behind so many of God's commands. Of course, he cares about our hearts and our souls Mm -hmm. and our mind and all of that. But nutrition, just as anything else we do with our body, it 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 matters. It matters because God gave us these bodies uh, purposely, and yes. he loves our bodies. That's not just why he commanded the things he did about food, but also part of why he gives us the commands that he does about marriage and sexuality, how we spend our time, how we're supposed to refuse the temptation to worry, to be anxious, to fear. All of these things have an effect on our bodies. Yes. And God really cares about our bodies. He loves our bodies. He wants us to love our bodies. And Christianity is so interesting in that it cares about the body so much that we actually read about a resurrection of the bodies. Right. People sometimes like think of human beings as just like, oh, well, the body is temporary. It's just about appearances. It's just superficial. Here today, gone tomorrow. Partly true in that, yeah, we're all going to age and beauty fades and all of that. But the body matters forever. That's mm-hmm. how much God cares about the body, how much he cares about gender, how much he cares about life, how much he cares about what we put in our bodies, that it actually lasts. It yes. lasts forever. And it really is stewardship, like you said. It is. It is stewardship. And, um, you know, and I'll just say that the body is a ground where the enemy really tries to to interfere and get in, you know, if, if he can get in and make us not only physically unwell Mm -hmm. with these health habits, but keep us in mind drama Mm -hmm. about our diet and our weight and all these things. Mm -hmm. And it just distract us, distracts us from all that we're called to do here. I mean, Eve was tempted (laughs) by food, so true, right in the very beginning. And so Mm. Um, truly, it is spiritual warfare when we are um, not stewarding our bodies and thinking of it in the way that, gosh, this is the way that we show up in the world yeah. to, to, be, uh, to spread God's love and his message. Yes, and amen. And where can people find you? TheChristianNutritionist.com. That's where I am everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, uh, website. The Christian Health Club podcast is where I go into all, all of these topics more deeply. And so. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. you being here. Thanks for having me. 